0: Hello, I'm Kieran Beer, Chief Analyst and Director of Editorial Content for ACAMS, the largest association for anti-financial crime professionals in the world. In this episode, I speak with Tamia Nagy, the CEO of Tamia's Cause Social Enterprise, which employs, trains, and mentors survivors of human trafficking. I speak with her about her book, Out of the Shadows, an account of her experience Of being trafficked from Budapest, Hungary, to Toronto at the age of 20 to take a job as a babysitter only to be forced to work in the sex trade. The book describes her three months of captivity, starvation, and emotional and physical abuse, as well as her escape and her subsequent work with law enforcement and victims of trafficking. Here we go. You've just written a book, Out of the Shadows. Tell me. Why did you write the book and what did you hope to accomplish with it?
1: I wrote it actually about four years ago and I wasn't sure if anybody would actually care about this so it sat on my shelf for a long time and eventually I realized that I can do ten speaking engagements a day but it's still not going to be as strong of an awareness as my book would do on its own while I'm sleeping so my goal is to raise awareness. I think having this book out will help the general public to have a really good idea on how human trafficking happens.
0: So the book opens actually with you in your life now, being called in by the police to talk to a survivor of trafficking, but then it quickly goes into your story, which is being in Hungary and befriending someone and falling in with people who say you're going to get a babysitting job in Toronto.
1: Yeah, and then it goes right away into the three months while I was here in Canada being trafficked, became a sex slave, what it was like living in a motel, working in strip joints, serving men day and night, not eating properly, all kinds of health issues, and the reason why I wouldn't speak out or why I wouldn't escape or leave. So I think the book really gave me a chance to truly articulate my fears and how I got to where I was, why I didn't leave.
0: It really lays out how someone who you know you come out of this amazing background in Hungary and you were a good student and you had a career that wasn't making you enough money but you had a career and you're basically as you said a good girl but it's almost as though being a good girl that you were made to feel guilty and you were threatened with violence I think it's important people understand how anyone can be abused and manipulated
1: yes in my country I never done anything like this and in my culture prostitution and that kind of stuff doing this kind of work is really not forgiven and so when I arrived and the first night I had to go to a strip joint when I was threatened and then what went through my head is wow I already did this really bad thing I felt terrible and if my mom or my family finds this out I'm dead so I much rather do this quietly and get myself out of it and make sure nobody will ever find this out but that's exactly what they do to victims they humiliate them they make them do things that they would never do under any circumstances they document it record it so that's how they get you to do whatever they want them to do because they know that they can control you
0: and in addition to that they also said they would kill your mother and your brother and so this violence was against you and threatened your family too
1: Absolutely, and imagine you're 20 years old and two guys standing over you in a bed in some hotel in Canada, which is like 60,000 miles away from your home, and you don't speak any other language, and they lean over you and they say like, you know what? If your brother's throat gets caught, there's nothing we can do about it from here.
0: And you knew this one guy. He had been someone who had been on the police force in Hungary. And I don't know if I'd say good cop, but he sometimes said, like, you know, I'm really helping you in this life and helping you to survive, and you just better get over it and go with it.
1: Yeah, so that was very tricky. And for many years, I didn't know how to even tell the public that. Because then the public would be like, I don't get it. Like, you knew him. Then is he a good guy or a bad guy? Well, I don't know. To this day, I don't know. Was he a good guy? Was he a bad guy? Obviously, he was a bad guy because he trafficked me.
0: We were talking earlier, and I sometimes think, Tamia, your openness, your generosity is the thing that made people sort of victimize you, but it's also the thing that saved you. People responded so warmly to who you are, and you get out.
1: I really appreciate what you're saying, and I never actually heard anyone saying it like that. And it is true. The worst part of humanity trafficked me and tortured me and damaged me. But the best part of humanity saved me, rescued me, and healed me. Mm-hmm. And for that, I'm super grateful. So looking back, would I do it all over again? People ask me all the time, if you had a chance to go back in the time machine, would you get on that plane again? And as crazy as it sounds. 100% I would. Because yes, I met the EVO, but I also met the most beautiful people on the planet. And just for that, I would do it all over again.
0: People start to reach out to you and help you. Some Hungarian Canadians, people who primarily lived here, but who spoke Hungarian and who were kind. I mean, I started to cry just that thank God of it, someone's being kind at last. But I think this leads to you got out, kind of escaped, you're hiding. And then you have contact with someone who is a police translator who's Hungarian, and he puts you into the world where you get a mission to work with the police to help
1: victims of trafficking. So I bumped into this gentleman who was a translator on the largest exploitation investigation in Canada at the time, and they just so happened to looking into my trafficking ring. And I found out from him that that's what they do. And I asked him if there's any chance that he can help me to connect with the police officer who was leading the case. And he's the one who literally walked me to the station and he's the one who helped me and translated for the first time for the police. What I didn't know at the time, and I only found this out just a year ago as we were writing the book from my police officer that he already interviewed almost 300 victims or girls at the time and no one came forward. And here I am, two years later, he didn't give up. I walked right into the police station and gave a full statement about the very guy that he's been trying to put in jail.
0: The sad thing is, that guy didn't get in jail, right? But the publicity, even that campaign, resulted in some changes in Canada in the laws and the regulations so that it's at least sometimes a little bit easier to put someone in jail now than it was at the time.
1: Exactly what happened, so when we went to court in 2004, there was no human trafficking laws in Canada. So when we went to court, we only charged my guy with sexual assaults, three counts. Even though he had my passport and he had 135 passports in his hotel and club, there was no way to charge him with human trafficking or money laundering or anything. One year after my court ended and I was caught imaginary and crazy and mentally ill by court officials, a year later, human trafficking laws were implemented. So if my court just happened a year later, I wouldn't be a crazy person who needs to get on medication. I would be deemed as a victim of human trafficking. You did yeah. have
0: a little bit of a breakdown after this because it was so devastating.
1: Complete meltdown. It's
0: all that you had been through and for it to end, seemingly end like that. But you know what? It didn't end like that because... No you, you continue to help victims, you actually were instrumental in a labor trafficking case that involved 18 Hungarian men who were starved and desperately abused, who were being pressed into construction in Niagara.
1: Correct. So I got a call from RCMP who saw me speaking on human trafficking and they were really struggling with the victims coming forward, giving statements and even just understanding the language. So I jumped in immediately and I became part of the team for the investigation team. And so we did that case for about two years. And you're right, it became Canada's largest human trafficking case where the men were trafficked into constructions. And the interesting is that actually opened all of our eyes in the field about how human traffickers use identity and steal identities Mm. and Mm. start money laundering that was the very first case that opened our eyes how important it is for the banks to be involved.
0: Well, so much that part of your story is moving from victim to helping catch the bad guys. You represent something that's going on all over the world where rather than rely on traumatized victims to put people behind bars, increasingly using financial tools to bring the case to either bolster the testimony or sometimes free the victims from having to testify.
1: That is my goal. Take out the victim from the painful court processes And why can't we tell her story through bank transactions, social media pictures, and using artificial intelligence? We can totally do that. We have the technology. And ACAM's help and the awareness that you guys are raising, that's exactly the goal that we can probably achieve within the next five years.
0: One of the reasons that your talk is so inspiring to people here is because we've both said it, I think, at various times to this group. Some of the work they do is boring, kind of transactional work of watching, but the effect can be to free people.
1: Absolutely. People in the industry think that they just click, 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 but they don't realize, or maybe now they're slowly realizing that to click can actually save somebody's life directly.
0: It is a cliched question, but to end with, are you optimistic? What needs to be done, and what do you feel good about?
1: When everybody knows what human trafficking is, and when everybody is closely watching, that's when we're actually going to start seeing a decrease in the stats. So I am very hopeful. My middle name is Unicorn, but I don't care. You know, if you don't have hope, you don't wake up like that every morning, then what's the point?
0: To me and Nagy? author of Out of the Shadows and CEO of Tamia's Cause. What a pleasure. Thank you for taking this time.
1: Pleasure is all mine. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to my interview with Tomia Nagy. If you want to make sure that you don't miss future podcasts, then subscribe either on Spotify or Apple podcast because financial crime matters to me and to you. See you next time.